Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. It matters that you open up your mouth and you say things like that. The scripture says, let the weak say, I am strong. Now, if you're weak, you feel weak, you look weak. Uh, everything's telling you you're weak, but if you want it to change, if you want it to stay the same, just keep talking about how you feel and how weak you are. But faith calls those things that be not as though they were. And faith will say, you didn't say you felt strong. I call myself strong. I say I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Let's just say it out loud. I call my body strong. I call my mind strong. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Praise God. You want to make your mouth work for you, not against you. Life and death is in the power of the tongue or the words, the Scripture says. So, we don't just make these confessions just for, you know, as a little signature thing that we do at the beginning of the class. No, everything has a purpose. And when you release faith with it, it can immediately and will immediately start making a change for the better in your life. Let's pray and release faith. Get your Bible, something to make a note. Come on into the classroom and let's believe God to hear from him again today and to get real answers. Father, we ask you in Jesus' name for the anointing that teaches. We ask you for the manifestation of your Holy Spirit and your holy presence here and everywhere this airs, in every room, in every living room, office, bedroom, car, truck, wherever this airs or sounds, Lord, manifest your presence there. Manifest your spirit there. We ask it in Jesus' name, and we thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Go please in our great textbook again to Matthew, the ninth chapter. We began uh, last week on a series we're calling Faith for Healing. In uh, Matthew 9 and verse 20, we see that the woman that had the issue of blood for 12 years, she came behind and touched the hem of Jesus' garment, for she said within herself, verse 21, if I may touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Uh, and the woman was made whole from that hour. Your faith has made you whole. We saw, uh, looking, reviewing a little bit uh, on yesterday, 
that the Lord basically told the same thing to the centurion servant, to the two blind men, to the Syrophoenician woman, to blind Bartimaeus, to Jairus, to the leprous man. Let me read them again. He told the centurion servant, go your way as you have believed, so be it done to you. He told the two blind men, according to your faith, be it unto you. He told the Syrophoenician woman, woman, great is your faith, be it unto you, even as you will. Blind Bartimaeus, he told him, go your way, your faith has made you whole. He told, uh, like we said, the woman with the issue of blood, your faith has made you whole. He told uh, uh, Jairus, fear not, believe only, and your daughter will be made whole. He told the, the leprous man, the one of the ten lepers that was healed, he said, rise, go your way, your faith has made you whole. If the Lord said it one time, it's true, right? If he says it twice, you think, I need to pay attention. If he says it eight, nine, ten times, what should you think? This is major, right? This, I, I, I need to emphasize this. This is major. This is what we should be focusing on, emphasizing. And so with him saying this so much, you know what the church does? They ignore it. And they emphasize if it be God's will. Hmm? And not one time did any of these 20 or anybody else ever come to Jesus for healing and him say, well, if it's God's will, we'll see if it's God's will. Not one time. Then if he not, didn't say it even one time, why does the church make this the main emphasis? Why? It is an unscriptural tradition of men, a religious tradition that has replaced the Word. And we need to get our minds renewed so that that's fixed. Most of us grew up, if we're around church, hearing the emphasis on God's will. Hmm? Anytime healing was mentioned or a miracle was mentioned, well, God could do it. If, right? If it was his will. And how many times growing up or around church did you hear, well, it's our faith. <laughs> That's the determining faith. No, no, -uh. most people did not hear that. And so what you've grown up and heard for decades, well, that's what you're more persuaded of. But let's get back to the Bible. Let's get back to the words of Jesus and let his word renew our minds. Said out loud, uh, their faith made them whole. My faith will make me whole. God hadn't changed. His will hadn't changed. Faith hasn't changed. So why shouldn't it get the same results today as it did? Or why would the Lord have all these recorded for us? Huh? What, what did he intend for us to get out of this? We read, about the, uh, we read about the uh, woman with the issue. Her faith made her whole. Uh, the Syrophoenician woman, the, the, the blind men, blind Bartimaeus, your faith made you whole. The leper, your faith made you whole. Your faith made you whole. And what's, what did the Lord intend for us to get reading that and go, wow, they sure had some faith back in them days. <laughs> Is that it? Is that why he had these recorded? What are we supposed to do? Look at it and go, 
Man, I wish I'd lived back then. Not in this day when healing and miracles have been done away with. I don't know why he told me to read that, because it just makes me sad. <laughs> why couldn't I? Why? What, what did he intend for us to get? Why did the Holy Spirit pick these out? Have them recorded. Written for every generation. Hmm? Why? So we would read it and, and do what? Read it and go. Her faith made her whole. I got faith. Right? Do you reckon that's why he said it? She did this. He did this. I can do that. Is God a God of life? Inspiration. Power. Not depression. Not confusion. Not defeat. He intended you and I read this and get all stirred up. Right? All stirred up and see how to do it. See what his will is. See what his ways are. And see what they did to get the results. Hallelujah. Because he wants us to do what they did and us to get the same kind of results. Same thing. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can you say amen? Amen. We begin looking at this, uh, our first individual account of healing, uh, the healing of the leper. We read about it in Matthew 8. We read about it in uh, Luke and then also begin in, in Mark. And I know we read on it yesterday. I want to read it again. Can you handle it? Yes. Matthew 8. Matthew 8 verse 1. Matthew 8, 1 says, When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no man, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now go over to Luke's account, if you would. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse... uh, 12, it says, it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, uh, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him to tell no man, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And now go back to uh, Mark, if you would. Mark's account, the first chapter. And we'll begin as we started uh, yesterday's class to take this verse by verse. And we're believing the Lord to open our eyes to see what we should see about it. In verse 39, it says, He preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee, cast out devils, and there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you will, you can make me clean. It said that the man was a leper, 
And we went over to Numbers 12 yesterday and, and saw that uh, at one point Miriam, Moses' sister, was, uh, had leprosy for a short amount of time. And it described her that she, her body became white as snow. Well, that's paper white. That's dead white. And uh, uh, Aaron uh, pled and said uh, uh, with Moses and, and with the Lord, don't let uh, her be like this. Let her not be as one dead of whom the flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. So it'd be like a stillborn. Uh, and it, the picture is that even though you're still alive physically, part of your body is already dead. And of course, you, and, and the implication is you don't have feeling, you don't have sensation, and that it was uh, uh, incurable, it was terminal. And if you read Leviticus chapter 13 and 14 and other places, it described how to um, detect and how to diagnose these cases. And then if they were like this, they were to be isolated from the rest of the population, and uh, that'd be the end. They'd, they'd die like that on the outside, apart from their families, their occupations, everything else. It was a death sentence in more ways than one. But then also in Leviticus 14, there is an, an allowance for somebody who was healed <laughs> from it. Now, this wouldn't have been that they received treatment of man because it was uh, it considered incurable and terminal. So even back then, uh, it would have been healing by the power of God. And then if they were healed by the power of God, the priest would examine them and there were certain indications that they were in fact healed. And then there were sacrifices made. Uh, and then the person was restored, reinstated, brought back to their life. Bas you know, basically resurrected in, in a sense, alive from the dead. And uh, it's worth looking at. Go, go back with me to Leviticus, the 14th chapter, and, and see this, uh, this ceremony that was prescribed when a leper was healed. Leviticus 14 And we'll begin in verse 1. It said, The Lord spoke to Moses and said, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought to the priest. And the priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look. And behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper, so the, uh, the man or the woman comes outside the gate, outside the city and yells <laughs> to a security or a watchman and goes, and they go, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to be around here. And they say, I've been healed. God has healed me. Well, then the priest is supposed to examine them. And so the priest does. And if he exam examines the person and says, they are healed. Then that means a miracle has happened. God's power did something that they couldn't do, that nobody could help them with. And so then he says, this is what's to happen then. The priest 
uh, will command to take for him that is to be cleansed two birds alive and clean and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. Now, everything that the Lord directed in the sacrifices, in the ceremonies, were all, you'll see, beautiful types of redemption, of what Jesus would accomplish in the cross, in the death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension. And sometimes people neglect their Old Testament. They think Leviticus, and Numbers, it's just <laughs> sacrifices and fires and, and counting, and I don't get it. Well, it's, that's right, you don't get it. But it doesn't mean it's not there. <laughs> it's there if you'll take your time and treat it with some respect, you'll begin to see some beautiful pictures of redemption. So two birds, two birds. And what else? Uh, cedar wood <laughs> and scarlet, or this could also be translated crimson, and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. Wonder what, what that represents. Huh? Is, is there someone who took on an earthen vessel? Huh? And who was killed? Huh? Oh, for another. And the, uh, the living bird, he shall take it with the cedar wood. Was there any wood involved in the killing of the of the Messiah, he was crucified on a tree. And the scarlet, they clothed him with a, a scarlet robe. That very word is used. Every one of these points to a specific thing that happened on the cross or about the crucifixion or the resurrection. And the hyssop. Hyssop was like a, a, a brush. It was used as a brush to apply things are used in cleansing and washing. And actually, when Jesus thirsted, they, they took hyssop and raised up a sponge to him and shall dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird. Say what? The oh, boy. Because this painting any pictures for anybody that was killed over the running water. You know, when Jesus was killed and they said he's already dead and they took the spear and thrust it in his side, out of his side came blood and water. And the scripture said, you know, uh, that when the spirit comes, uh, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Where does that come from? It comes from him. And he shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird loose. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> can, can you see what's going on here? Let the living bird loose into the open field. Oh, get the picture. Get the picture. One of the birds is taken and is killed. And the blood comes out and mixes with the water. And then the other bird is taken with the cedar wood, with the, uh, the cross, with the hyssop, 
with the cleansing and washing of the Holy Spirit in the blood and, and the scarlet and the crimson and taken and plunged into the blood and water. This is baptism. Huh? And then taken up out of the blood and water. The little bird is still alive, but he's got blood on him. He's got water on him. He's held in together with the wood and the crimson and the hyssop. But he doesn't know it, but he has been redeemed. And he's taken out over to an open field where there's no restrictions, there's no limitations, and he is set free to fly. Oh, glory to God. If that don't make you shout, I don't know what would. Huh? And all of this in connection with a physical healing. Right? If there's no physical healing in redemption, how do you understand this? Right? How can, you know, he being healed of a physical problem in response to it, they go through all of this that's depicting the redemption itself. No, there is healing in redemption. He, he not only bore our transgressions and carried our sins, he also took our infirmities, bore our sicknesses, and carried our pains. And by his stripes, hallelujah, we are healed. We are the little bird that goes free. Woo! Does that do anything for you? We are the living bird that's let loose. Into, don't you like the open field? Open field, no restrictions, no limitations. But the other bird had to die. Right? Blood was shed. And thank God the master did, and he has raised from the dead. Hallelujah. He's not only our sacrifice, he's also our living intercessor. Praise God. We'll go back to uh, Mark 1. Oh, thank God, thank God, thank God. So we're supposed to be flying free. <laughs> I think there's a sermon in there somewhere. <laughs> we're supposed to be loose and flying free. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. We are redeemed and we are loosed. And we are free. And like Romans says, we are to reign in life by Christ Jesus. And it's all because of what he has done, his, his great sacrifice. But uh, that was the uh, ceremony when a leper was healed. So this leper, this man who has been separated, isolated, uh, this from his family, from his job, from his life. Basically, his life has been over. But he has heard about people being healed through Jesus' ministry. And so he dares to approach and even gets close to Jesus. And he, the Bible said he knelt down to him and he besought him. Uh, if you put the other accounts together, it talks about that he, uh, uh, we see here, he, he knelt down to him and he besought him. Matthew said he worshiped him. Luke said he fell on his face and besought him. Uh, I, think, I believe it's Goodspeed translation says 
he appealed to him on his knees. You don't do this if you're mad at God. Y'all hear this class. Now this man has experienced some hard things. Part of his body is dead. He's, he's lugging it around. I'm sure it smells bad. He's lost feeling and sensation. He can't be around his spouse or his kids or his grandkids. He can't do his work. He can't. He's basically just been waiting to die. And it's like a living death. There's so many things here that's representative of spiritual reality too, isn't it? The Bible said if you live in sin, you're dead while you live. So this is a type of that. But he gets bold enough to, to come cry out to the Lord. You wouldn't do that unless you believe there could be some help there. And if you believe God's your problem and you're mad at him, then you don't go and, and, and show humility in front of one of his servants. The Bible warns us in Peter, it talks about bitterness and how that bitterness can disqualify you and how that a root of bitterness can be contagious and defile people around about you. And sadly, there are a lot of people mad at God. And it's because they've been told lies and they have accepted and believed those lies. You've got people that have gone through horrible things and people have told them, well, we don't know, it must have been God's will. We don't know why, but uh, there must have been some reason why he did it or some reason why he, he let it happen. It must, must have been for a reason. Well, the reason could have been you missed God. Are y'all with me? Or other people missed God. It could have nothing to do with God's willing it or his plan. And yet the enemy has convinced people. And you've got, I don't know, many people that quit going to church, quit praying, quit reading. And they are so bitter about the bad things that they've had in their life. And you will never get an answer like that. You, if, if that's where you are, you believe in lies and you're stuck. How many see the approach where the miracle started was when the man heard about Jesus and he came and he fell on his face and he worshiped him. Huh? This is not anger and bitterness at God. This is realizing this is my help. This is who can get me out of this. Right? He fell and he worshiped him and he besought him and before too many minutes is over, He's clean as can be. Oh, hallelujah. He's cleansed and got his life back. Oh, friend, if you'll quit being, quit being mad at God and repent, you can get your life back too. Said out loud, Father, I'm not mad at you. Forgive me for ever thinking such thoughts. You're not my problem. You never have been. It's the devil. It's myself. It's other people. But it's not you. And I submit myself to you. And I reach out to you. And I seek you. And your face. For my help. I submit to you. I worship you. I believe in you. Have mercy on me. And help me. 
Oh, hallelujah, in Jesus' name. And he heard that prayer, and he's answering that prayer. Praise God. And that's it for our time today. We'll see you tomorrow here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 